Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. I'm James Adams. He is Skeeter Robinson. We're getting you ready for the fifth major of the year. It's unofficial, but it is the players. It is a TPC Sawgrass in Ponte Verde Beach, Florida. And Skeeter Robinson, before we start talking about the players, I think it's time you and I have a little bit of fun looking backwards at another great tournament in the Florida Swing, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Seven under led the way on Thursday. Four under wins the tournament, and I'm I'm here to tell you I'm cool with it, man. What do we, what do we learn from last week? Uh, just just play internationals at, at API every year. I mean, mm-hmm. was like Harris English somehow was like fourth or Bryce, uh, Bryce kind of I think snuck up there in the end, but he did. Yeah. Outside of that, it's just once again the internationals, especially the Euros, playing so well and. For you and I, we finally kind of we this is a, a joint win for us. Uh, Terrell Hatton finally uh, coming through. If, you know, you got him at what forty-five to one. Yes, sir. And I had him in one and done. My big and uh, uh, Gup's corner, so I vaulted into the top five hundred because you know, API pays one point six million dollars plus to win. So I really needed that for earnings. And yeah, for me, second year in a row, I've hit have I've hit my one and done winner API. I had Molinari there last year, so. I wish I could get the rest of the lineup right because, oh, boy, Justin Rose, uh, he had a couple of birdie chances at 16-17 on Friday, missed those, and then, of course, he had to get uber-aggressive on 18, so he doubled to miss a cut. But I was like, okay, well, five or six still should live. Get home. Wait a minute. How's this four or six? Carlos Ortiz triple bogey at 18. Like, oh. And the worst was it wasn't even – I didn't even get to see it because it happened after 6 o'clock when coverage stopped. So – I just was, like, checking my, uh, I think it was, was it him and Ryan Moore were the last two on the course, I think? Could have been. And, and so I didn't even get to see it. And then I hear it, uh, or, or I see it on, you know, just looking at the leaderboard and then looked at what he did. Bogey on 17, triple on 18. Uh, I had two five of sixes that Carlos Ortiz was the miscut. That was painful. My five of uh, no, that was a four of six. That nearly cashed, even as a four or six. Or I think maybe it did a couple minor tournaments, or like real small, like generous payouts, like the dollar one that pays a dollar fifty. But um, yeah, with Carlos Ortiz, I think I easily cashed because I had Hatton, I had in that lineup, I had um, Rory, I had like Nod Long who were okay scoring wise, but yeah, just uh, brutal. But outside of that, um. You know, at least for me, I feel like I've been trending with one and dones. I had Thomas at Mexico. He was the leader going to the final round. Didn't work out. Last week at Honda had uh, who did I? I had Lee Westwood Tommy? in the lead. Okay. He didn't work out. So it's finally nice to finally get a decent Sunday for me. Who's been struggling for three plus months with Sundays on golf to get that. But but really the story here is you just continue to be on fire with your bets. Top Dude. top sixes wins. I mean. It's at least one every week, and you've had a couple winners in there, too. I have cashed every week. I've started going to the book the week of the Super Bowl, uh, which was waste management. I have hit three of six winners. Now, granted, I'm not betting one guy. I picked six okay, guys, right. bet, them, bet them to win, also bet them the top six. A couple of weeks, I've had two people finish inside the top six. I have at least cashed every week. I have profited five of six weeks. Three of six weeks, I've had the winner. Yesterday was awesome. Uh, I think I told you before we got started, I showed up at a bar. Somebody was trying to put the curse on Terrell Hatton. I said, yo, you better stop that right now. He looked at me, and for those of you who have no idea what I look like, I haven't shaved in 14 months, haven't, <laughs> outside of trimming around my mouth. I've been told that in the right outfit that I look homeless. Um, I do lawn care for a living, so I'm not super worried about my appearance. Uh, I can't clean up if need be. But So this guy looks at me and says, you're lying to me. He's like, who is that? I'm like, that's Tyrrell Hatton. I think he's surprised I even know his name, his first name. And then I show him on my phone. I'm like, look, here's a picture of my bet ticket. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. You're the last person I would have thought uh, would be betting golf. Well, here I end up making buddies with this guy. We watched the end of the round. He had a Sunday ticket on Sung JM at 9-1. to one, So he was like, you know what? I'm cheering for you, buddy. I said, all right, let's have a drink. Uh, but it was awesome, dude. Just it was awesome. Uh, I was super sweating it. When Leishman didn't make that bomb on 18, because remember on Saturday, Tiro made a bomb on 18 that ended up being the tournament winner without really us knowing. Uh, Leishman misses that putt. I'm like, all right, we're at least going to play off. Tiro is at least going to three putt here. He made that putt. I let out a big yell, ordered some shots, and now it's time to get ready for the players. <laughs> and then-
and that's that's pretty much the play-by-play and the real deal. Were, were they John, Johnny Vegas shots? They weren't. I thought about it, and I didn't think about it till after I ordered them. I was like, oh, I should have ordered some Johnny Vegas's. But you got to got the right bartender. I've been polling bartenders over the last couple of weeks. Most of them have no idea what that beverage is. Hmm. Okay. What is it exactly? I don't. I, you might have told me, but I don't remember. It is tequila, watermelon schnapps, and Red Bull. Hmm. It's not bad. It's okay. Wonder why that got the name it did. I wonder if that's Johnny's favorite uh, drink or. I I gotta believe it's it doesn't have a correlation. Like I don't think tequila and Venezuela go hand in hand, right? I wouldn't think, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not a drinker, so I don't know. I'm not. You know, I'm the wrong person to be asked about alcohol. Yeah, I know it's like cachaça is Brazilian, the the drink, and Mexico's obviously not that far from Venezuela, but it's also not a neighboring country either, so I have no idea how that name got. I'll do a little more research with a beverage in hand uh, after the program. <laughs> Actually, I will be no, doing no alcohol research today, as I don't feel real, really uh, really good after over-celebrating, but it's okay. Well, you know, when you, get, when you hit 45 to 1, yeah, I mean, it's got to celebrate. It was it was on it was on so especially uh, the, but, especially the guy we like in Hatton who man, he is entertaining to watch for as fired oh, up yeah. as he gets. Yeah, he he loves to mutter at himself, and uh, I enjoy it. Like you know, I'm a redhead. I'm older now, so I'm more relaxed. But I definitely used to be a little more high strung, and I definitely fit the uh, the the um, uh, the stereotype. Boy, that was hard to think of. Of a redhead. I certainly used to with a fiery temper. So I enjoy watching that. Um, it makes you a little extra nervous. You're like, dude, relax. You're, you're still in the lead when he starts, like, going crazy with himself. But it is entertaining. But then you see, I mean, because he was even doing that on 16, I think, where he parted the par 5. But um, but then you see, I mean, the 5-iron on 17 with pretty good tee shots, a really good drive on 18, and even his 5-iron to the green. I mean, so he, he when he needed to, he came through. He sure did. Yeah, it was awesome. So a lot of fun. Um, the Florida swing's been awesome. I hope this week can continue. Is this? I mean, this field is amazing. Can the players? I know it's a bigger tournament, and it's going to have more eyeballs on it. But can the players live up to the uh, the Arnold Palmer and the Honda? It's been two great weeks of golf, man. It has, and again, I think part of the thing that's going to have to come down to is what weather is going to be like. Um, I haven't I haven't looked yet. I usually don't start looking until. Wednesday because I mean it can uh, just kind of sure. change whatsoever. But again, I mean we've seen we've seen this course play pretty tough before. I think was it 2017 was like the fifth toughest on tour. Mm-hmm. I I don't have that stat in front of me right now, but so we've seen it play easy. We've seen it play hard. Last year did play easy as far you know returning to March for the first time in 20 plus years. So I don't know. Um, you know if the winds pick up, then yeah, I think this certainly could be a beast. Um, but otherwise than that, I mean, it doesn't really favor any sort of skill set. I mean, distance certainly does help because you're left with wedges, and we've seen that. You know, one of the proximity ranges I'm looking at is 125 to 150, so mainly the wedges. But the biggest proximity is from 200 plus. So you have a lot of long shots because you probably have to lay up on some of these holes in order to, you know, go for there or go for the par fives. Even like 18, I think you're basically hit. You know, if you're going to be in a fairway. You're hitting 200 plus into that green, so it's it's just it's a fun tournament to watch with a, a gettable par five on 16, the island green 17th, and one of the hardest holes in golf, the 18th, with water all along the left side of the hole and real no bailout option right with some trees. So it's really a fun spot to look at. I think having some experience here does help, but I'm not sure it's a necessity. Um, hitting hitting greens can be tough, so um, again, usually look at the greens and regulation approach. You do have to be able to scramble here, but I'm also kind of looking at a little bit of a mixture of birdies and bogeys because we've seen minus 15 win. We've also seen minus 4, minus 5 be a winning score, and especially the past couple of weeks. We haven't seen a ton of birdies. So we'll see what weather and conditions are like. But, you know, I, I, I personally hope it plays a little easier than um, the Honda and API, but I'm fine with, you know, minus 9, minus 10 winning score. I think that's more than fair for me. Anything else we want to look at before we get into the uh, the field here? I don't think so. Um, just be keeping an eye on some of these withdrawals. Uh, like I know Tiger's out. So I think there might be a few others who have withdrawn. So just kind of keep an eye on that throughout the week. There are replacements that will come in. I think even today on a Monday, I've already gotten the email that there's been a few golfers added mm-hmm. to the player pool, like Harris English and 
Tom Hoagie and oh, I can't. Mark Hubbard, I think, were the three. So I do believe those are correct. Yeah. So I, I would say at least two of them are probably in play. I don't know if Mark Hubbard is, but um, I mean, I used him last week that didn't turn out so well. But but just keep an eye on on those changes in that. But you know, the deepest field in golf. Um, I think it's one of two approaches. You can either go all out and just try to play 20 lineups or 150 and just try to hit every combination or just play one. That's kind of the approach I'm taking because, I mean, it's, it's such a tough tournament to get. So, I mean, we've seen random players just kind of come out of nowhere. We've also seen guys who've had pretty good course history and playing well just completely melt down and throw a couple balls in the water. So, just um, figure out your approach, stick with it, and go, to, go with it. I can dig it. And you mentioned something I guess that we have to bring up before we do get into the players. You said the magical words, withdrawal, or word, withdrawal. Francesco, J.B. Holmes, both withdraw right before the tournament. I did have a Molinari lineup in. I was not awake when he withdrew. I only played one. Uh, and then a Jason Day withdrawal as well. So some pretty uh, interesting names. Molinari and J.B., guys, I play a lot in. Day I had a few lineups with as well. Withdrawals finally got me last week, man. But not bad enough. I still actually profited on Kings with those. Yeah, and, and, and that's the bad thing that sucks. And I, and I don't know if DraftKings is ever going to come up with a solution to this where you have like an alternate golfer in the events that somebody would withdraws right before the tournaments. But um, no, you have your full cast of characters here as far as team withdrawal here. <laughs> I mean, you play, what, let's see, team withdrawal would be what, Jason Day, Henrik Stenson, Louis, Kevin Na. Um, I mean, Mol- Molinari and JB fit the bill now. I, Not really, but they you know, both withdrew. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the ones who have had a little bit of a history right. of saying, you know what, no thank you, I'm done. Um, this tournament, by the way, seems to have a couple of those every year, like somebody shoots like, 84 on uh, Thursday and say, all right, that's enough of this. I'm done for the week. So, Yeah, so anyway, uh, I, I actually don't mind the way it runs. I mean, it, it is what it is. You you take a risk with those guys, and when they don't withdraw, you usually get them a little lower ownership because of it. So I'm certainly not salty about it. But you mentioned those words. I had to bring it up. But now I say let's get in to the field here at the players. Yes. All right, let's do it. We'll start 10K+. plus. Uh, we got a couple guys here. Rory McIlroy is 11-7. John Rahm, 11-even. Justin Thomas, 10-8. Brooks Kepka 10-2. Dustin Johnson, 10-K-even. Tiger Woods withdrew from this tournament, still dealing with the back. He was at 10-4, but he is no longer a play, so keep that in mind. Skeeter, of the remaining five, I'll ask you your favorite play in 10-K. Uh, the, the real answer here is none. I really do not like this 10-K tier. Um, the problem is Rory's price so high, and... He just, I mean, granted, he's getting a bunch of top fives, but he just seems right now not to be at elite shape, and he's getting caught. Like, he didn't have a real good weekend. Mm-hmm. Rom has been playing well, but not to the 11000 price tag. Same with JT at 10-8. And then you have Brooks, who is really struggling, made the cut, but, boy, he had a rough weekend. And DJ just doesn't seem to be himself. So I'm not love this tier. If I'm going to take anybody, I guess it's Justin Thomas, just because he is the – Cheapest of the top three, and I don't want anything to do with Brooks or DJ from a DraftKings perspective right now. I mean, over 36 rounds, Justin Thomas still is second in tee to green, third in approach, second in are better. First in approximately from 150 to 175, third in the wedge range. I mean, he, he hits all the numbers that I'm looking for. Has put up a couple decent finishes here. Uh, 11th two years ago, third in 2016. So, I mean, he's done well, just nothing spectacular, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the way the players is. I just, 10-8 just doesn't feel like a price I really want to pay for. I'm like, there's a lot of guys in the nines I like, and I think that's really where my lineup is going to be this week. But if you're making me choose one of the tens, it's JT. I'm pretty with, pretty well with you on the philosophy and the thought process of this tier. We'll get to the 9K tier next, obviously. And I'm probably going to find a lot more that I like per price there. But if you're making me pick a 10K golfer, I'm going to go John Rahm. Mm-hmm. Uh He's only 200 more than Thomas, so that price difference to me isn't significant. Uh, Rory's just not finishing right now. I mean, if it wasn't for the six under on Thursday, you know, Rory wouldn't even have been a thought this week, honestly. And he had the the positive uh, the positive wind and uh, weather tee time on Thursday. So at this point, I'll take 700 less. Go with Rom, who I think is 
just as good. He's had two pretty poor finishes here, although they were made cuts, along with a decent finish last year at 12. Um, I don't love this tier, so you're not going to get me to go overboard on why I love Rom. But Rom's a great golfer, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won. No, and I mean, we, we always look at this tournament as, like, as the unofficial fifth major, but sometimes it could be that springboard to a major, and mm -hmm. Rom is definitely due for one sooner or later. So, yes, it would not be a surprise. What has he done here? Twelfth last year, and then we're talking 72nd and 60-something. 63rd, okay. Yeah. So not great, but I think he's a different type of golfer now than he was, especially those first two appearances. So I, I wouldn't agree. hold that against him necessarily. Yeah, I would agree. Um, if you don't go Justin Thomas, where else are you going? Ron would be my second guy just for the same reason. He's only 200 higher, and I just don't want to pay the premium for Rory when I don't think he's the premium right now. So for me, it's Rom as number two. Yep, and for my number two is Justin Thomas. So it looks like we're in the same boat here. We're just flip-flop on who we like better, but at the same time, I'm with you. I, I really don't see myself playing a lineup that has both Rom and Thomas in it. No, I mean, you certainly could. There's some good 6K golfers, but that just doesn't feel like the approach I want to take this week. Yeah, so um, as far as who you would fade out of this group, We've only got three left. Which one is it for you? It's Brooks. Uh, something just clearly does not seem right for him. We just have not seen the typical Brooks that we're used to seeing. Um, really not doing much on approach, barely getting off the tee. Just not, I mean, his putter's been kind of bad, too, and his approach has been off and on. Like, I just, I'm not paying 10-2 for Brooks when he's just not in current form. Now, what you mentioned is the number you're seeing at your book on him. Mm -hmm. I would FOMO him at 40 to 1. And I probably will. So, yeah, it's very interesting. So my fade is going to be Dustin Johnson, but Brooks is right there with me. Um, and for me, I'm fading Dustin because he just he's not as good as when Dustin's great, although I also would not be surprised if he finds his form and wins this. But what you mentioned, the local book, and I know all books can be different, um, but the one I go to – they have Brooks at 40 to 1. 11 golfers are below him on DraftKings that he is below at my local book. Dustin Johnson, I think, has seven golfers he's below that are below him on DraftKings. So when I when I looked at the two, and I know that it's not viable or anything, but I look at the two and I'm like, wow, there's such a big discrepancy between where they are on DraftKings and where they are at the local book. I'm fading those two. And quite honestly, there's some guys in the 9K range regardless of tiers, that I like quite a bit better. So I won't touch either of them. I'm fading Dustin as you make me pick. But, yeah, Brooks at 40-1, to 1, Dustin at 28-1. to 1. And just for reference, Rahm is 10-1, to 1, JT is 16-1. to 1. So it was a big spread from those, uh, those two to where they are in the various places. So when I first started doing this in 2017, the article for two years, Dustin was always my fan of this tournament because he had just never done well in Florida, never done well here. Since I started writing the article, 12th, 17th, and 5th. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Dustin will always use me my fate here. Like, I just thought there's something about Sawgrass he just does not like. But apparently he has figured something out because he's had three good finishes in a row. But, but he, to me, seems more likely to be able to pull a top 10 than Brooks right now. So I, guess I would that's, agree. That's why Brooks is my fade. I would agree when I'm looking at form. But then I just say, you know what? This pays like a major. Brooks likes money. Brooks likes big wins. Completely fair. So I'm, I'm just, I, and but I still have Brooks four of the five. You know what I mean? But I have him just to have DJ. But I think we're in a pretty uh, similar spot here. You ready to take it to nine K? Absolutely. A tier I'm very fond of this week, and it starts with Patrick Cantley at ninety eight, Adam Scott ninety six, Xander Schauffele ninety four, Webb Simpson ninety two, Bryson DeChambeau ninety one, Tommy Fleetwood nine K, Skeeter I love all six. Can we differentiate them? Who's your favorite play in this tier? No, um, it's going to be tough because I could play all six of them. Um, I will. When we get to a fade, I don't know who my fade's going to be, but I think you and I probably have the same favorites play, but I'll go somewhere, I'll go somewhere slightly different because I'm, I'm between two guys, at least for one and done, and they're both in this tier. So the one, I mean, one of them is going to be your guy. So the other one I'm going to go with at 9,400 is Xander Shoffley. Um, Again, if we're talking about somebody who's going to win a major here soon, I think Xander, we saw him two years ago finish second here, 
has been struggling a little bit with the putter recently. So, I mean, that is a concern. And then last week, our API gains 5.7 strokes putting. It loses around the green. So that is a slight concern, the fact he was, so, he was getting so much putting. But when I look at the stats over 36 rounds, I mean, he's top 10 in greens and regulation, tee to green, bogey avoidance, par 5 strokes gain, and the proximity from 150 to 175. Really the only area that he's not, that he's below average in is putting. So I like, I, I kind of want to take a chance on him. I feel like there's a time it's coming. He is playing pretty well. If he puts, if he combines his putting from last week to his approach at Mexico, he'll be very tough to beat. So in 9,400, I think he's the one I'm willing to take a chance on. He right now is in shorts consideration for one and done for me. I will absolutely play him second two years ago here. Um, so he's – I like all six of these guys. I'm with you. Finding a fade is going to be difficult. My favorite play, right now I'm going at 91 with Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be popular. I, I'm almost positive he'll be popular. Really high owned. Doesn't matter. I think he's got a good chance to win. You know, I mean, he had Mexico. I won't say in the bag. Patrick Reed certainly deserved the win and, and indeed did get the win. But DeChambeau looked good there. He kind of came from out of nowhere as far as, not really out of nowhere, but he, he posted a number yesterday. You know, he put up that 71 while a lot of other people were, were struggling. And a 72 even par on Saturday while people were really struggling out there. So two really good weekend rounds. Bryson's been playing well. Three top fives in a row. Give me Bryson DeChambeau, who, by the way, at the local book, and again, I know this isn't gospel, but he's the fourth player at 18-1. to 1. I wanted to put a bet on him. I may not. So it may be interesting that I'll play Bryson a ton on DraftKings and won't play Brooks, yet I'll bet Brooks and won't bet Bryson. We'll see how that plays out later in the week. But, I mean, Bryson's just got it all going on right now. No, but I think it's a solid strategy. Like, Brooks, you're, I mean, that number's just way too high on him, but you understand the risk of his game, so he's a better bet in the event that he figures it out. You're going to pay off yeah. nicely, not tank a lineup. And if he's not, oh, well. Bryson, on the other hand, probably a little short number, so play him on DraftKings. By the way, early on, early on a Monday afternoon here, um, Bryson is the highest projected owned golfer on Fantasy National. So, makes sense. Yeah, Ninety-one seems a little cheap for him, but you know, I get it. You got Scotty and Webb who both won here above him. Yeah. Now Bryson's my second as well. Um, by the way, sneakily here, three straight top five finishes for Bryson, and he's gaining strokes off the tee. He's gaining on approach. His around the green has been decent. His putting has. Um, I mean, he was nuts, he was nuts at Mexico, but everything else has been kind of around average. So he's just doing well in all facets of the game, and he's another one that kind of fits that mold that there's a big win coming. And you know, TPC Sawgrass can be a little bit of a strategic course, and I think Bryson is certainly one who we would think would do well in a strategic course. So no, I'm with you. I, I if he doesn't get super popular, maybe he's my one and done, but. I don't know. If, if everybody's going to be on him, I might have to kind of do what I've done the past few weeks is find an alternate route, and that's worked for me. So I felt a third and one and done uh, out of about 60 people because somebody had, I think, Bryson, or maybe they had Leishman and Hatton. But uh, I've got Bryson as one of my two, so I played a two and done, but I've got Bryson in there right now. Uh, that yeah. may be subject to change. Uh, if I don't go Bryson, and I will, and I will also go Webb Simpson. Yes. Uh, dude, Webb has won here before. I know he got that win at Waste Management, and it showed a little bit maybe in Mexico, even though that was a couple of weeks later, and maybe that was just a simple fact that Mexico is not the course for Webb. The Players is a place where he has played well as Webb Simpson. Not only has he won, 16th two of the other three years in recent times. So, I mean, he's been 16-1-16 the last three years out. He's in great form. I mean, Webb Simpson seems like a really easy guy to put in your lineup at 9,200 this week, too. Yeah, and he's he's going to be very popular, too. I want to say, I'm going to see if I can try to look this up real quick. The year he won, I think I heard Pat Mayo say this on his on the initial podcast. Yeah, he actually lost strokes on approach. Gained 9.4 putting, another five around the green. So that was kind of a real outlier of the week. If I, and if I remember right, he just kind of blitzed the field and, there was maybe a little, he gave, I think he tried to give a little bit back on Sunday, but I think it was just so, so much, so big of a lead that it just didn't happen. Uh, let's see, what did he do last year? Put, uh, okay. He gains 4.3 putting, so he really likes putting on this course at least the past two years. Um, 
You mentioned Adam Scott. He rates out very well for me, too, at 9,600. Uh, top, let's see, top, we'll go top 20 in that wedge range from 125 to 150. DraftKings points, bogey avoidance, birdies are better. Green's a regulation, Tita Green on approach. He didn't, did he, did he miss a cut last week? I feel like he did. Uh, he was not yeah. good last week. Yeah, he was plus five, wasn't he? Yeah, he lost stroke yeah, he was approach plus five. second time in a row. But, but all the long-term numbers work out really well for him. 9,600, former winner here. Pretty good history. In fact, it doesn't even show a missed cut back to 2012, the last, the first year that I have the course history. File four with, what, six top 20s. So, yeah, I can see him getting popular as well there too. But, um, you know, maybe I'm off Cantlay a little bit just because I think I used him here last year in one and done. And he, I think, put two or three to drink early and just kind of ended my hopes real quickly on that. But, yeah, this is um, certainly a tier that I think everybody's playable. I will use Cantlay as well. Yeah. He may have been one of my top two plays. I guess the lo- a little bit of a layoff with the uh, the nose surgery, something I think he's had before too. Um, it just makes me drop him a little bit because I like this tier so much. But dude, he's in play for me too. I guess uh, I guess we might have the same fade. We'll see. I'll ask you first who your your fade is here. Um, my, I like my fate here better than I like my favorite in the 10K plus tier, so that should tell you. I'm right there with you, dude. I'm starting, but this conversation has me scared. Like, maybe we should be fading 9K <laughs> just for ownership purposes. I won't, though. Yeah, I mean, boy. I guess it's, it's going to be Tommy. I mean, I know he's got back-to-back top 10s here. Didn't really look, didn't play all that well last week. And, you know, the, was that just a late, uh, temporary hangover from... His end of the Honda, or is this just kind of maybe maybe this something went downhill? So I guess it's Tommy, but as I said, I think I'd still rather play Tommy than Thomas. Uh, Tommy's my fade, and I'm kind of right there with you because I guarantee you I'll use him. So I had to make somebody six out of this group of six, and it was Tommy. But he could easily be if he wins again. You're going to be surprised. I'm not. Yeah. No. No. I mean, any. No. I mean, there's really few people that surprise me to win. Like, there's even guys in the 7K, maybe potential 6K, were like, okay, yeah, maybe I didn't think that, but I mean, we've seen some random winners here before, so it's not impossible to hit a 200 or 300 to one shot. Yeah, that's that's definitely very fair. So we ready to take it to the 8Ks? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Uh, Speaking of past champions, Ricky Fowler leads this group, 8,900. Hideki Matsuyama, 88. Justin Rose, 87, Sun J M, 86, Patty Reed, 85, Jason Day, 84, Gary Woodland, 83, Paul Casey, 82, Tony Fidal, 81, Sergio Garcia, Louis Oosthuizen, both at 8K even. Uh, a decent player. You get the Players' Championship, you get a big field. This 8K range has got some, some studs in it. I'll ask you first, Skeeter, where are you going? Your favorite play in 8K. I'm going to go Paul Casey, and I, he was another one that burned me at this tournament a year ago. But his irons have been really good. Uh, gained five and a half strokes on approach to both Genesis and Mexico. Gained a little bit putting, which had been an issue for him. Has a decent little history here. Uh, 22nd, 23rd is best finishes. So not great, but a miscut and withdrawal. But ultra consistent. Rates out pretty, uh, where is he at? He rates out very well Tita Green approach. Green's a regulation. His issue, scrambling and putting, which is a big deal here, but... I like his ability to make birdies. His ability to score does well in par fives. E200 is, I mean, this is major pricing for Paul Casey, and it's a price I'm just frankly comfortable with. So for me, it's it's Paul Casey, 82. Makes sense for me. Um, I'm going to go with Sung JM. Yeah. Outside of, you know, what we've seen on TV, it's not like I can go to his course history. I think he's played here once and didn't make the cut. Uh, but then you talk about how he's been playing lately. And you just give me a reason, and yes, he did miss the cut last year in his only time out here. You give me a reason I can fade some JM. I mean, the kid, dude, how about the shot again on 18 this week took stones. <laughs> he didn't, you know, he didn't make the putt to get to 300 to get with Leishman at that two spot, but he still finishes third. And, dude, he took on every bit of the water in the rocks to land that one just past the hazard. I mean, again, kid played with guts. I, I cannot not fade him. 
he's pretty he's he's actually pretty high odds at the uh, book. So I don't know if I'll use him uh, again. We talked about Brooks all the way up there in 10K. Sun Jay's 28 to one. I mean, he's the same odds as DJ and Webb Simpson. So actually, no, Webb's 31. So I may not bet him at the book, although I may. But how do you fade him on DraftKings at this price? Um, you bring up good points. I mean, he gained 5.3 around the green last week. That was his strength. But yeah, it's tough to fade him. I just, I guess I'm waiting for the. Sungjae M just kind of coming back down to earth type of thing. But outside of that, I mean, even that shot on 18 yesterday, like the commentators are like, hmm, let's see. Or they're debating whether or not he'd go for it. I go, um, he's going for this. Like, yeah, like, come on, what have we seen from Sungjae that makes you think that he's just not going to, you know, that he's going to go play 30 feet left. That's just not his personality. Yeah, so um, I will be on him when, it, when he falls. When he comes back to earth. I'll have some Jay lineups because after the last two weeks, I don't see how you don't. Um, that's just where I'm at with him. If you don't go with Paul Casey, or if you use a couple in this range, where else are you going besides Casey? The two others would be Sergio, just because he has played well here in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy, who I don't think has a terrific track record here, Ah, uh, probably more like Paul Casey. He's made four or six cuts, but nothing better than 22nd. And I'm sure people won't be on him because, well, just not the most well-liked fellow in the world. I mean, Patrick Reed. Um, hits all the putting and scrambling stats pretty well. Tia Green, not bad. He's played well in Florida before. Like, he should have won Valspar a couple of years ago when Casey, kinda, when, when Casey won the first time. Reed kind of three-parted on 18 to prevent that. But, we, I mean, we saw Reed won at Mexico. Maybe he's using this whole cheating scandal, or maybe not scandal, his you know, whole sand movement, as motivation for him. And he gets up for some of these big events, too, so maybe it's a slightly more gut play than it is stat-wise, even though the stats aren't bad. But I can see myself potentially going to Reed at 8,500. So I have Reed as my third out of the 11 in this group, and I'll find it come Wednesday night when I look at what my ownership has become that – the guys I say are my one or my two, maybe are my three or my two, you know what I mean? Like, because of pricing and whatnot. So, Reed could end up being number two for me in this tier. But right now, I'm going to call it Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, along with Bryson, I'm using him in my, my two and done. I know he had a really bad day. I think it was Saturday. Yeah, but, I mean, there were a lot of 80s posted on Saturday. Your boy Reed, who I was devastated to see post an 80 on Saturday as well. I mean, there were a bunch of them. Uh, so I'm not going to hold that completely against Hideki. Got great course history here. Uh, outside of a bad weekend, really, this weekend, he's been playing great golf, too, for a while. So give me Hideki here in a group that I think is pretty good. It could end up being Reed that gets more ownership out of me, but I like Hideki a lot here. Yeah. I mean, is probably the right price for Hideki. I just – I he just doesn't – it's almost like he's Rory Light right now where – He's just not finishing, and he and unlike Rory, we're not finishing. He's like top five. Even I know Hideki did this at Jensen in Mexico. He just he's kind of that middling type of guy. Like did lose six strokes putting last week, which is nothing new for Hideki. I just I don't know. I need to see him maybe perform on a Sunday or win before I feel real comfortable using him. Like he rates out great statistically, like top ten and all the strokes gained, tee to green approach. Birdies are better, DraftKings points, so he hits all the ranges. Just that putter is just, oh, that's a big concern for me. I get it. I get it. Um, well, out of all these guys, there's definitely somebody you're not going to turn to. Who is your fade in the 8K tier? Would you like to take a guess who this is? Um, Jason Day. I No, I actually would play Jason Day because he does this where he would draw to determine the next week he goes and wins. Like, And he, and he has a killer course history here, too. Yeah, so uh, that's not a t- – I mean, no, that's not my fade. Um, no, it's, it's Louis. Come it's, on. All right, all right. Come on, right. I have, I have a all brand right. here. Um, You're right. You know, it is nice to see that, you know, he does have the career grand slam for second-place finishes. He does have a second place here, so at least he, even the unofficial fifth major, he still uh, has that going for him. But just the past couple of turns we've seen at Honda, he was not very good, was – was awful at Mexico. His putter was literally the only thing that saved him that week. So, and he just doesn't win in the States. So, even though 8K is probably a very fair price on Louie, 
he's just a guy I never get right, so I'm not going, if I'm, especially if I'm playing one lineup, I'm not taking Louie, especially when there's always withdrawal risk for him. I also won't play him. He is not my fade. Day's not my fade either, uh, although those guys are low on the list. For me, it's a real clear-cut fade. Oh. It's Justin Rose. Uh, he's not playing good at all. No, he's, he's at the He's at the top of this price point, and uh, I mean, I just I told you last week he was banned. We got a term at the parking lot. We call it banned. When you do something, you get kicked out. You're not welcome back. I'm not saying he's banned forever, but right now Justin Rose is banned from my lineups. And then I had a buddy send me something, uh, a text this week. So he meant to just, I don't know what he meant to text, but it ended up being Molinari Island. And so I got a good chuckle out of his autocorrect mistext. And now, like the Misfit Islands, in, in the Misfit uh, Island of Misfit Toys in, from Rudolph, mm-hmm. Molinari Island is where people go that I don't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And right now, Francesco certainly is on Molinari Island, and so is Justin Rose. I mean, the only reason I won't completely fade a Rose, I mean, I'm not playing him because I'm only doing one lineup, but if I was playing 10, I'd probably still throw him in there because, again, he fits somebody. He's a guy I always play. He did lose 5.6 strokes gain putting last week. So, I mean, or yeah, yeah, he lost 5.5 strokes putting. So, his approach was good, which was good to see. He just lost all in the greens. That tends to be a little more variant. So, maybe he figures something on the irons. Now, if he can figure out something on the putter. But, yeah, I'm, I just don't think he fits my build at 8,700. Unless I, I find mean, out he's like 5% owned, then I might just chuck him in the lineup and say, let's go. I can 4% right now, so uh-oh, I might, oh boy. I oh, might boy. need him lower than that, though, man. I mean, look, he's played four tournaments so far in 2020. Cut, 56, cut, cut. So he made one cut. Yeah. I can't go there, man. That's why nobody's going to be on him, and 4% Justin Rose is 3.5% Jason Day. Oh, boy. Oh, I might have some decisions here. Well, we'll see. Again. I could find myself, you know, reading the Wednesday, your Wednesday update and seeing the ownership going, all right, I'll do one. But I don't know. I'd have to have somebody really twist my arm for me to get to that one there. Yeah, I, I understand. All right, now we get to a real interesting. We ready to go 7K? Yes. I think it gets really interesting here. And uh, we won't go through them all, so I'll just start with you, Skeeter. There's a lot of names in this tier that normally are priced higher. We get it. It's the uh, it's the field strength, but some good names in here. Your favorite play out of the seven K tier? By the way, I just want to mention something. How it's funny that Sunday's kind of emergence here has gone up to e six hundred, where like we have guys who are kind of you know proven win multiple tour winners, some major winners, and they're they're at their usual prices like Paul Casey eight two hundred, nothing new. Sergio eight thousand. Stenson seventy nine. My favorite play, speaking of guys who are always in the 7800, this is Matt Kuchar major price range. So, yep. you know what? It's uh, Kuchar for me. I realize his long-term form has not been terrific. But we're starting to but I feel like we're starting to see a little bit better play from him second at Genesis, 22nd at Mexico. Granted, a lot of this has been putting reliance, so that is always a slight concern. But we're, we're talking about a guy who who has won here before. Has some other pretty good finishes, and 7,800 for Matt Kuchar, it's, it's like you almost just know that he's going to make a cut where he ends up in this range, who knows. Like in 2017, I think he was, um, I want to say he was top five going to Saturday, and that was just a brutal weather day. He actually MDF'd. So, he, I mean, it was just one, it was, a, it was like one of the more ridiculous weather rounds where I think the greens might have gotten away from, from everybody. So I can throw out the 2017 result. If you throw that out, there's one other missed cut and everything else basically top 30. So, 7,800, it's a major, it's a big tournament. I feel good with Kuchar. Has been pretty consistent so far in 2020. I just, that's always a hard one for me to ignore when he's showing any sort of form. I have definitely written him down. He is a guy I will use. I'm worried about coming off of the second place, but Mark Leishman... I mean, uh, I thought that's the name you were going to. It's 7,600. He's, 7, he's, he's on won. My list. I mean, dude, he won recently. He's top 20 in the world. I, he may not be right now. I know he was 18th real recently. I didn't look at the – he couldn't have gone down, though, from yesterday. So he's still got to be in that top 20. Uh, I mean, Mark Leishman, I know the last couple years here weren't great. But he does have an 8th, a 23rd, and a 24th. Now, that's going back to the middle, early part of the decade. Uh, what was it, 2013, 14, and 15. So it hasn't been as good here lately. But Mark Leishman, 
I mean, even after the win, he managed to make cuts. He didn't completely submarine a couple of 40s. And then the second yesterday, Leishman's playing great. And I got news for you. If we get word that the weather's going to be ugly, uglier, the wind's going to be blowing, oh, just give me a – he's even more my favorite. But it's got to be Leash right now for me here. I mean, I can't argue with Leishman. He's what I, I saw a 7,600 like, okay, thank you. I'll just put him in my lineup. Uh, getting a little putter reliant again yes, uh, yesterday. 6.1 strokes gained at API putting, but he gained 4.6 on approach. Like, he's still gaining iron-wise, was pretty good around the green. Off off the tee, eh, he was field average, which is fine. But, yeah, he's just playing so well. And has he won here before? No. Uh, no, he has not. No. no, okay. Why did I think he might have won? Maybe it's because of Florida and win, but... No, I'm definitely with you. If, if, if we're going to see a third straight week of, all right, tough weather, yes, give me Mark Leishman, and then we might go more Euro guys too. But, um, no, Leishman's probably among my top top uh, three in this tier. Yeah, I feel like that was a gift. Just basically they wanted the pricing out early because it's one of the big tournaments, and, you know, we'll see what that ownership is. But if you do not go with Kuchar or you use Kuchar and someone else, because I'm using Kuchar too, where else are you going? I want to say Leishman right now is my other guy that I'm using. And I have a lot of guys starred. I mean, at some point, I mean, Morikawa just continues to produce week after week. I think he's what he can go with. Um, Stenson, I know he wasn't great last week, but he's another one traditionally plays well here. Scotty Scheffler continues to do well. Um, And then... I mean, the guy's at least won before, maybe on maybe over in Europe, but again, if we're going to get bad weather, you know, if we're going to turn this into a bad weather, ugly type of play, this is Terrell Hatton again at 7,400, who, by the way, came off the wrist injury, played well at Mexico, won last week. Why not go back to him? I'm thinking about fading him simply because it's, you know, emotional guy, big week. I just, I worry about playing guys the week after they won. Um, and Hatton, after his first win, I mean, we saw it with Hovland. He just fell apart after the first win. Um, and he's a guy I'll probably use at some point again here this week. Uh, I mean, I guess not he- my number two, but I'm just worried about Hatton. Uh, it, it could it could be a great play again. I guess my only difference is Hatton at least has won on the Euro Tour, and he's won true, Very times. true. Whereas Hovland, this is his first professional win. so That's a great point. I think Hatton has four wins on the Euro Tour. So that's a great point. Yeah. Um, of course, if we're if we're gonna, I mean, I can I have you know Lee Westwood. I can always go back to. I know he was bad last week, but um, other guy, a few other guys I have starred. Uh, answer. Did I was he I mean made the cut? Didn't really do much in the weekend. Uh, Daniel Berger rates out really well statistically for me, and I don't think he has a terrible history here. Let me see if I pull this up here. Uh, he's got a top ten. Really, not much else. I I probably won't play him, but he at least popped up for me. Um, maybe I'm hoping Harris English continues to go low, you know, as low owned because he wasn't in the initial field. So maybe he's going to bypass a lot of initial uh, things. And then, and then maybe because I didn't play him at Mexico, maybe I just need to go back to EVR at 7,200. But, um, those are the guys I have starred right now. And there's a few others that probably could play, but again, I'm only one lineup and haven't really done all my digging yet. At 7,200, Harris English has to be in play, right? Like, I, Leishman's my favorite play in this tier, but he might be my number two. Wait, I, of course, I don't. Have, I, I did the, the tournament history file last night before I knew the who was getting in, so I don't. Let me see if I can pull up Harris English what he's done here in the past. Yeah, so he's got to be a guy in play for me uh, because he's dirt cheap, and I'm a fan. Cam Smith at seven k, oh. uh, Kevin Nod seven k are two guys I'm certainly interested in too. Uh, bad news for the Harris English crowd. Um, five straight missed cuts here. And I don't know what he's done prior, so that could be a slight issue. The way he's playing right now, if that gives some adverse uh, ownership trend, that's, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm okay with that. I mean, as you said, this is a tournament where good players can absolutely eat it and fall apart. Uh, so maybe this is the year for Harris English. I don't know. That that's uh, that's a, again that's a multiple lineup strategy. Um, there was one name I just saw. I wanted your opinion on. You do anything with Rafa at seventy one? I don't know. He wasn't so good last week, man. I know every week's a new week. 
And then the only other one that intrigues me, and I don't think I go here, but Bern Wiesberger at 7100 also seems a little cheaper as well since he's been playing internationally. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I might turn back to those guys because I think sometimes I can be too uh, too biased to, to the recency bias with a guy missed the cut last week, like, oh, Rafa ruined this lineup. I'll never go back to him. So I might. Um, Wiesberger, I I personally did not give him much consideration, but that doesn't mean to say I won't uh, give him a peek either. Uh, I'm wondering, do I go back to my boy Ryan Moore? Uh, what did he do last week? He, was... he wasn't great, but he fired a 70 yesterday. I think he had one of the better rounds Sunday. Let's see, 52nd, lost four and a half strokes putting, but he did lose on approach as well. Um, I mean, I can always play Ryan Moore. I think, I think I'll probably have a lineup or two with him, so... Who are you fading? Because I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm debating which, which of my common fades when I want to make my official fade. Well, I mean, you know Molinari. He's on Molinari Island, so he's going to be a big time fade uh, for me. I kind of think I already gave that case for Tyrrell Hatton as a fade for me. Um, so those are guys I'm definitely not looking at. Uh, Bubba Watson is probably another guy I'll fade. If you want an official fade, I'll go Molinari. Unless that was your pick, you can have him. Um, but those are three guys that I think I'll stay completely away from that I do use. Bubba, okay, this is weird. Like, we, we say we want to play Bubba, Bubba courses. Like, he only has one missed cut in seven years, but his best finish is 42nd. Or 37th, yeah. sorry. So, that's weird. He makes cuts here, but he just doesn't do anything. Um, what's he priced at? He's 73? He's, he's right there by Poulter, right? Uh, yeah, 73. Right. I mean, you can do worse for a made cut at 73 than Bubba, but yeah, you're... Your upside's probably limited. No. And how does how does he make those cuts? Because you know it's not you know he's not going out there playing conservative. <laughs> like oh, let me just get my paycheck and move on. You know he's not doing that. No. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have to dig into that one to see what he does. No, my fades are Phil and Jordan. I mean. Okay. Phil's been <sighs> terrible here, and he's just and Jordan. I mean, they're both so bad off the tee right now. Or at least Phil, he wants to hit bombs, but he can't hit a fairway and. There's enough water in this course that no thank you. I don't really want to take that chance on Phil. And his recent results at Sawgrass, not great. So those are my two official fades. Jordan makes sense. I actually wrote him down because he's so cheap. His course history is bad, but he's so cheap. I bet you I do get a Jordan lineup going. Okay. (laughs) I'm not saying it's sound advice. I'm just saying I bet you I get one going at that price, man. Uh, 1.1% owned early on a Monday, so... <laughs> give me one, you know, give me one share. I'll take 10%. Phil, 0.4%. Well, is that surprising? I mean, outside of AT&T, like, what's he done forever? Like, Harris English, who literally just got out of the field a few hours before he did this, is slightly higher than Phil as far as ownership, so... Well, that's... that's. I think that tells you all you need to know about Phil. I think Phil... Uh, Phil is has been great for the game of golf, but I think the Champions Tour is calling his name. Oh, he ain't doing it yet. By way, I had a long conversation about this at the bar yesterday, uh, and I said the same thing, and this other guy was like, no, he'll be there. So I, you may be right. I kind of think he might not go. He, I think he'll get an itch to get competitive and play here he, and there. He might, yeah, a couple here or there, but he he's not. By the way, high, two highest projected own in this range right now, Morikawa and Berger. Okay. So if Daniel Berger's going to become chalk, I will gladly uh, find else, find other options. Yeah, I don't think I'll be going there. Um, well, we ready to take it to the last tier, the 6Ks? Yep. Not a bad group of names, my man. You know, in this team, <laughs> you know, I've been saying it. There's there's guys that are getting pushed down because everyone, you know, all, so much talent in this field. But I won't go through all the names, but it's 6K, Skeeter. There's some values to be had. The question is, do I dig into the 6K much? Because I don't like 10K that much. We'll find out when lineup construction hits. But before we get to any of that, your favorite play in 6K. I think I'm going to take your one of your guys from last week. Um, let me see. What, how has he been playing recently? I think he – yeah, he made a cut last week. In fact, he he was he made some noise on Saturday because I think he was the only guy to shoot under par. And that's he's Max, my favorite. He did, and he's my favorite play, too. That's Max Holm at 6,600. Um Let's see. Gained 6.3 strokes on approach. He's consistently gaining on approach. He's consistently gaining slightly off the tee. Consistently gaining putting. He, was, he lost 4.3 around the green at API, so that's a little bit of a concern. But prior to that, he had at least been slightly above average. 
this just feels way too cheap for somebody who is who wanted another tough track at Quail Hollow. Like he's just playing really well, and sixty six hundred just feels way too cheap for him. So for me, I'm gonna go Max Homa, and I'm sorry if I stole yours. It's quite all right. I I mean to me. And look, Jason Kokrak played pretty good. He's one of my guys. Roy Sabatini's made decent amount of cuts. He's one of my guys. They're both at 68. I'm going to go to him a little bit, probably. I like Taylor Gooch at 69. I'm naming all these because neither one's going to be my number two play, as I think you know who it's going to be. And number one is uh, is Homa. I don't see – I mean, Keegan Bradley at 69, also a good price. But Homa at 66, I mean, he should be – Dude, Max Homa should be, I don't care if he won last year or whatever, above Molinari. Uh, he should be probably ahead of Hal, RCB, Todd, Chez, uh, maybe some other names. I don't want to get too into the debate. But he's playing lights out. I don't understand how he's 66. He's got to be the best player here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Homa, like, he's playing too well. Like, there's, I realize there's some names here. And you've mentioned some of them, but like, why why is Vaughn Taylor higher than him? Taylor hasn't played real well. Um, KH Lee, I think he made a run somewhere recently, but yeah, I just don't get the pricing here on home at 6600. And what's funny is, not only is he not going to be the most popular in this range, he's not going to be the most popular at 6600 because right now it looks like everybody's going to go with Joel Dahman, who I think has like three straight top tens or top fifteens. I think people, the casual. Um, Person's just going to click on the game log, see his finish, and say, all right, I'm going to add Joel Dahman. And I can't say it's a bad move, but if he's going to get so popular, you know, ten, I tend to try to avoid popular 6K guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. And Dahman with the 12th here last year uh, yeah. would certainly uh, turn people onto him a little bit as well. Um, well, I said, I said I'm, I'm going Team Homa as well. I don't, I'd like to vary, uh, but I just think it's too clear-cut that he's the 6K guy. If you don't go there, I do think there's some other good names. Where else would you look? Well, I mentioned him earlier because he was a late add to the field. Well, you know, I thought after Honda, okay, maybe this is finally the end of Mac, of uh, Tom Hoagie, but here he is last week at API finishing 15th, gaining six strokes on approach. Like, like this guy is just playing great. Like, he's always been one of those, like, top ten or bust, and usually the time bust type of guys, but... He has found something. Like, his approaches have been really good. His, uh, everything else can kind of be a little sporadic, but, again, if we're going to talk about a guy at 6,500 who might be on their own because he was a late out of the field, doesn't – I mean, the only thing that he really struggles with against this field is he's 138th in par 5 strokes game, which is a slight concern, but he does everything else well. If this is going to turn out to be a minus 8, minus 9 type of winning score, I'm not saying he's going to win, but – he certainly, I think, can make a cut and return some value if this is going to play tougher because he is 20th in bogey avoidance. There's some other names. Obviously, I think you know who my number two is in here. <laughs> I'm pretty much offended by the price. I mean, my man finished tied for 13th last week at the Arnold Palmer. 13th, people. And you're going to put him at 6000 even? That ain't cool. Well, pricing was out before API results were in. Well, you know what? When that pricing came out on Saturday, when he was T16 going into Saturday, is that different? I'm sorry, because he only jumped from 16 to 13th with his plus one on Sunday. And when people like Patrick Reed and friends were throwing up 80s on Saturday, Charlie Hoffman, 74. Thank you very much. Plus two was two better than the field average that day. So a killer weekend for my guy, Charlie, who I had at 200 to 1. He never really got to a point where I was like, oh, this might play. Certainly wasn't thinking about the win, but the top six at 40 to 1 for the one-fifth I was certainly looking at. But, dude, Hoffman at 6K even, you think, look, it doesn't matter where he is. I'm going to pump him up because he's my dude. But 6K even, come on. I'm going to have to find a 10K guy I like to pair with him or, or load up on 9Ks. But, by the way, at the sportsbook this week, He's only 150 to one, and just like for reference here, Molinari is 175 to one. Um, I'm trying to look at the bottom of the board here. Chess and Hadley is Chess and Hadley is 500 to one. Stallings 350 to one. Jazz Jenna Watnanand is th- uh, 350 to one. 
mean, Matt Wolf is 250 to 1. Trent Galley's 250 to 1. Siwoo, former champion, who we didn't mention in the 6K, is 250 to 1. Charlie Hoffman, 150 to 1. My sportsbook um, crossover says that I'd be a fool not to play Charlie at 6. So, Charlie is an interesting eight year, past eight years here. Four missed cuts, four yeah. finishes in the 30s. So, obviously, he makes a cut at men's salary. He's definitely there. Gained four strokes on approach last week, which is always good. Gained three and a half around the green. His putter has been a little bit off, and I think that's the only concern. But this is legitimate upside. Like, he's had a ninth at Farmers, 13th at API. Yes, he's, and even his missed cuts were only by a stroke or two at Genesis and, and AT&T Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, this feels, I mean, and that's just because I know you're in love with Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> but, hey, it's 2020. Right. But, you know, just looking at it, I mean, he definitely does not appear to be a 6K golfer. So I think there is some value here. And he said if he makes it through the cut, and if he's able to, just, even if he finishes T36, that's a massive return on value here. Here's my one question for you when it comes to Charlie and 6K. Jimmy Walker, a guy who's won a major, is 6K. And he is finding his form again. He's been top 25 two weeks in a row, the last two weeks too. So this isn't like some old, you know, early uh, February, early January type form. This is the Honda and the API, 21 and 24 his last two weeks. He finished second here two years ago. Jimmy Walker at 6K doesn't seem right either. Again, I know it had been really bad for a while before the recent form. No. Um, Jimmy was plus, he gained 6.7 strokes on approach last week. Lost 2.3 putting. That's nothing new for him. But decent track record here as well. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's not bad either. And even my guy, Zach Johnson, if you just want to play pure mm-hmm. tournament history, has you know has a second place here has made a lot of made cuts missed last year i know he's not playing the best but at 6k i think there's a little bit of an argument you could make so that's actually there's your interesting build play play two of these three 6k guys and just stack with whoever you want up top that's actually that's intriguing I bet you, again, because I do 10 lineups, I'm going to do that. I've been doing a lot of two, maybe even three 6Ks, and I'm not talking about Stone Men 6K. I'm talking anywhere in the tier, and then building with three studs up top. Um, So far, my successes have been probably a little bit more uh, balanced. But I remember a couple weeks ago where I went with this kind of strategy, and I was crushing the 6K guys and completely swung and missed at the top end, guys. Mm -hmm. So uh, while it didn't work for me that week, it was the – it was the sure things, the no-brainers that didn't work for me. Hmm. That's interesting. Interesting thought. It's a lot easier to do when you're building ten lineups versus one, though, you know? Oh, I understand that, but... It's so easy to do for me. But, yeah. Hmm. That's... Or even even using one of these 6K guys. Hmm. Yeah, at, at, at absolute stone men 6K, yeah. Because, again, we're, I mean, we're talking about former major winners former PGA Tour winners who aren't in the worst form. Like, maybe long-term, statistically, they're not popping. But short-term, like, short-term, over 12 rounds, Charlie Hoffman's 27, 35th, over 24 rounds. Zach Johnson, of course, has been struggling with Jimmy Walker. Jimmy is 23rd over the last eight rounds, 42nd over four, so very much better short-term. But, no, from an objective point of view, Charlie does look like he stands out a little bit. Uh, we also didn't mention Johnny Vegas at 6,300. I had his uh, star, too. That seems like a good price, too, right? And he's had some good good tournaments here. What has he done recently? Let's see. He's been pretty good last Getting off the tee, approach has been middling, around the green's been okay, putting. So he's been kind of just blah average, but at this price, blah average, as long as it results in a made cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, um, hmm. Gosh, I'm going to leave $2,000 on the table now. <laughs> Not really. Not really, but I'm starting to really like these 6K guys, man. I'm, like, obviously, I already like some of them, and then, I mean, I start looking at more like a Johnny Vegas 6300. Like, I'm not trying to tell you that he should be priced next to Kucher or even Tyrrell Hatton at 74, but 63 seems low. Yeah, even Sun Kang, who's been playing, who I think had a good weekend at API, yep. I think he had a maybe destroy a little bit on Saturday and Sunday, but 
finished ninth or second in Genesis, so you, I mean, he's got a legit upside. He's been gaining on approach. <laughs> at least, at least he didn't lose 13 strokes putting last week like he did at Mexico. But um, he's been striking the ball well around the green. Could be a little bit of an issue, but Sun Kang isn't a terrible value at 64 either. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, there are definitely some plays here. Yeah. Anything else from 6K on the positive you want to look at? I think, uh, I mean, we didn't mention Bazid, but, uh, oh, man, I thought I had it. Bazid, thank you. I didn't mention him. I know he didn't fare well Sunday, but another 6K guy here. Yeah, I don't think I can go. Okay. I personally can't go there. That's cool. I get that. I mean, we can't can't play them all. We literally will be leaving 10,000 on the table. Right, you know. Are you playing real Rory? I mean, him and Kokrak both got written down at 68. I will certainly play them. Um, not a ton, though. I mean, is Ro- is real Rory going to win this thing? And I know you could say the same thing about Hoffman or, or Walker. Um, I'm going to use him. I'm not going to go overboard with him. But he hasn't missed a cut since 2012 here. One final guy just to throw out there is a complete, utter wa- – well, actually, I'll throw two out there. Danny Lee played really well last week. He's from Orlando, so he's from the Florida area. He tends to pop every now and then, especially in Florida. Has a couple of good finishes here, has three other missed cuts. Like, he's kind of a boom-bust type of guy. And if we're going to get bad weather, like if, if it's going to be a third straight week, bad weather usually was a good thing for Brendan Grace at 6,700. I, I don't think his form has been great, but if we're, if we're going to struggle with weather, I think he's certainly one you can look at. See, Woo Kim's a former winner here. Pass. Okay. I, I think I passed, too. Just, That's uh, a better throw five bucks on him at 250 to one and hope that, it, you know, it's, a, it's another Sea Woo week. But, um, I got gotcha. you. He does do well in die courses. So, that, I mean, there is so, there is something for him there. Anything else before we uh, – we'll pick a fade real quick if that's all we got left. Uh, uh, yeah, let's see. My fade here. Um, who's the last time this guy made a cut? No, that's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. And, thinking it, be before you throw a fade, what about Harold Varner the third? He's we we got so deep in six Ks, we didn't hit him. Sixty nine hundred has made three consecutive cuts. I think he had a good finish here a couple years back. Yes, seventh two years ago. He's only had one missed cut in the last four years. He's got to be in play, right? Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay, sorry. I just as I was scrolling through because uh, I really. Never have a prepared fade for 6K, to be quite honest. I was looking around, and I saw that name. Yeah, no, I don't either. Um, uh, Shugo Imahara. He was the guy I was, I was confusing him with Satoshi Kodaira. But I don't think Sh- Shugo coming from the, I believe the Japanese tour, maybe the Asian tour, I forget which one he was on. Uh, even if his limited starts, we just haven't seen anything out of him. So he'll be my official fade, even if he's okay. highly ranked in the world. All right, I'll fade Retief Goosen because the last time I saw him on TV, it was the senior tour. He must have won the senior players. That must be why he's here. Okay, yeah, because he hasn't played here in like. Yeah, I don't know years. why. That's my only. That's my only guess. So that'll be my fade. Um, well, anything else from the DraftKings perspective? We want to talk a little one and done here too. Yeah, nothing from DraftKings. Again, my one and done's probably looking Xander or Bryson. Me, I mean. Kuchar's intriguing. Leishman, maybe, if, you know, weather gets a little bit bad, I could go Leishman. But I don't think I'm burning a top guy here. And I just feel comfortable enough with Xander and Bryson that that's probably where I'm going. Leishman third, maybe Kuchar fourth. Okay. For, for I can now. get behind that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not looking for Rory to win. I know he's the defending champ. Um, and I know he's been playing great. I used him last week, so he's not even a choice for me. But I don't think I would turn to him here. Um, Rom, I could turn, you know, I mean, keep in mind, this is one of the highest, this is, this is the highest payout, isn't it? Oh, I think this pays out more than the majors. Oh, maybe. Let me see if I can find that real quick. But at any rate, it is, it is without a doubt, one of the biggest purses all year. So playing a stud who's playing well right now makes a lot of sense. Um, like I said, I'm going to go Bryce and I kind of feel like he's my pick to win. I've got Hideki in there as well. I think Leishman is in play. The way he's playing, I'd rather, uh, you know, hit him on the win, but as you would with everybody. I don't see any reason why Scott or Webb or Bad plays either. Oh, yeah. Um, 2.7 to the winner. That's what I thought. This was a bigger prize than any of the Oof. majors. Oh, boy. So even a second, a second, a third, like there's a lot of money to be had this week. 
So this might not even be a week, even if Bryson, you know, if everyone's going to be at Bryson, but you think he's going to win, this might not, you know, you might just want to keep up with the field. Yeah, I, I think so too, right? Or because look, you still got... Or hope some random wins, like nobody's on, like... Like, watch this be the week, like, Sky Scheffler wins out of nowhere. Like, nobody's going to be on Scheffler. Hey, that'd be fun to watch. I wouldn't hate that. Oh, I wouldn't either, but I'm just saying, if one and done, like, you either want your guy... Like, this is not a week you want... Can't lay a win, you know, when people are. If you don't have them. them, like if Spieth wins, fine. Nobody's playing Spieth, but right, yeah. So I'm with you there. I'm going to load up on big guns in this one. Um, maybe I go back to John Rahm. He was in consideration for me. Uh, maybe I'll pop him in there with Bryson and let Hideki uh, play another day. We'll see about that. But yeah, use some uh, use some big names and uh, and definitely you know go after that big money because it is out there this week. Uh, anything else, Skeeter? I'll I'll. I haven't made any picks for my bets yet. When I do, I'll let you know what they are and hope I can keep that one running too. Yeah, I don't think anything else. Um, my Wednesday update, will pro- I think I'm going to try to get this done mid to late afternoon Wednesday. I'm trying to think of my Wednesday schedule. Yeah, that's, that's when it's going to come. If not, it'll be, again, very late Wednesday night. But, that, again, weather is going to be the big thing there. Ownership, I expect to be somewhat spread out in mean, such a deep field. But weather, certainly after the past two weeks, I think you're going to want to look at that. So I will include that on the on my Wednesday update. Cool, and I got to say it. I've said it a couple times. We'll say it again. Uh, I had another auction for my fantasy baseball uh, league. Well, different league, but I had another auction for a different league yesterday. I love that software that we have over at Insider Baseball. I highly recommend anyone who is playing in a fantasy baseball league who wants an edge on the competition. Um, uh, yes, I work for them, but I'm telling you, I've been using it every year. I have continued success. I've won... I probably average in my five leagues about 1.8 championships a year. I don't win two every year, but I win two of them most of the time. The Fantastics baseball software is outstanding. Had an auction yesterday with a lot of keepers. It's great for um, changing what the estimated auction values are based on what keeper prices is for inflation, deflation, that sort of thing. Skeeter, I know you use it as well, man. It's that crunch time for baseball. If you're into that kind of thing, it's time to go take a peek at it. Yep, I've started my research. I love the daily changes, especially like Verlander, yep. I think, uh, got hurt yesterday. And I think so if they use out for any significant amount of time, even a little bit of time, that the software, they'll send up the updates and you can see how that is affected. So, no, as I've begun my research, definitely the first tool I'm looking and heavily relying upon. So. Yeah. So anybody who's into baseball, check it out. You can do a free trial. You don't have to pay for it off the rip. See what you think. You know, take a peek at it. So I certainly encourage everybody to do that. As far as the players goes, Skeeter, let's hope that this week is close to as good as the last two weeks. I mean, yeah, it helps when you got some uh, some guys up at the front. But man, it's been just two weeks of great golf. I can. I really hope we get the same again. And get some drama on uh, Sunday. Like, no, like, yes, sir. Not have somebody up five, even though up five going to 17, 18 doesn't, it's not a lock either. So it's not, but you'd rather, you, you like one or one stroke differences or ties. But right. we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep it going. We've been very lucky as golf fans for the last couple of weeks. Certainly hope it keeps going. So, Skeeter, good luck to you. Let's keep our Sundays rolling. We had a good one this week. Uh, so, good le- luck on your lineups. Good le- luck on your one and dones. Good luck on me learning how to say the word luck twice in a row. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back again next week. But get those lineups in for the players. Good luck to everybody out there. We appreciate you listening. This has been James Adams and Skeeter Robinson, the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.